Welcome to Deviant Creators, the show behind shows that you need to listen to because I still have not written season two of Deviant yet. I'm Scotty Moore, joined this week by the saucy minx themselves, Caro Minx. Hi. <laughs> That's a hell of an intro. <laughs> God, I'm going to have you, like, introduce me when I walk into every room. I come from the world of wrestling, and no one in podcast is prepared for that kind of energy <laughs> to come out of an individual. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like, like, one of my shows literally opens with me just screaming like a madman. <laughs> and I remember the first time we did it live, everyone in the chat was like, are y'all sure this is a podcast? Because <laughs> usually it's like... very much just like... <laughs> Hello, welcome to the show this We're week. We're joined today, but... Hi, welcome. Yeah, we're just gonna, this is gonna be a different vibe. We're gonna do a full-on ASMR episode. <laughs> That's God. what we're oh, doing no. with Kara. Oh, oh. I hate oh. ASMR. Oh my God. What? I was just, no! I, was, I do. No, I was just talking about this yesterday. Um, I can't do it. I can't listen to ASMR. I don't know what it is. I've tried. I think it's partly because of my hearing. Maybe I'm not picking up on like everything I'm supposed to be picking up on. So it just sounds like weird clicky things. And I just ugh. and some of them, some of those videos have a lot of panning in the audio. And I have this weird thing where if I'm listening on my headphones and there's panning, my neck tickles. What the hell is that? I don't know. But it's a thing and it's not that, pleasant. Hold on. Wait, no, that that's ASMR. That's I ASMR don't like it. Is that is it supposed to do that? I don't like it. <laughs> It's the t it's the tingles. You're you're getting the tingles. Is what it is. I don't like them. I don't want them. Ooh, no. Like I I, gen I genuinely think ASMR is a very. I don't think there's anyone who thinks ASMR is all right. It's either oh I'm really into this or <laughs> this is the worst thing on the planet. Yeah, I think I land on the second one. Like I get the appeal. I get why people like it. But when I listen to it, I'm, I just cringe the whole time. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, I don't. Well, we can't. We can't make this an ASMR podcast. We can't make this just us comparing our thoughts on ASMR. <laughs> I do have opinions, but so yeah, yeah. That's after. That's after talk. Um. So yeah, I I I like to bring on my favorite audio drama creators here, so people have other stuff to listen to while Deviant is in its stead and. I've pulled up your pod chaser so I can really talk. Oh, God, I haven't updated that in so long. <laughs> and, well, no, no, I've pulled it up and, oh, my phone exploded because it's trying oh. to load everything you do. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Also, also, I did not realize this. We've worked together before. Kind of. Wait, what? Wait, what? Right? I didn't realize this either. What? What? But the episode of side questing you were on, oh! I was also on. That's right. Like I was scrolling through it, and then I saw it, and I went, "Isn't that the episode I oh was God. on?" That is the most like that is the most audio drama thing I've ever heard. Would just be like, "Wait, we've done this. But we've worked together." Yeah. Oh my God. You're. Your voice was next to mine before? Weird. <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. Well, that's cool. And without, and without my permission, no. 
Okay, so <laughs> what shows what sh- what shows do you do? Because you got you go down you go down like an opposite rabbit hole that I do because a lot of your shows are very like I, the main one I've listened to is Lighthearts, but it's very human and it's very word that I just learned, which was what was it, Hope Punk? Hope like Punk. They're, they're ve- yeah, they're very that. Meanwhile, my show, I blew up a planet. <laughs> So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where this vibe is. (laughs) I mean, I will say this. One thing that is uh, that happens a lot with like Hope Punk, like we we would classify this planet needs a name as Hope Punk as well. But it's literally set in like an apocalyptic world. It's just hopeful about it. So those elements are still there (laughs) a lot of the time. But you're right, because Lighthearts in particular is like, that's my wholesome show. That's the like really sweet, really you know, low stakes. Um, no one is hurt in it, like ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, e- even the ghosts. The ghosts died through natural means. Yeah, yeah. The ghosts died, but they're like haunting this cool bar and they're having a great time. Um, so yeah, it's it's it, even in death. There's still like good, happy, sweet things happening on that show. Um, so I do so ca- yeah. What, what, I, I, I guess we'll start with Lighthearts. Like, for the people who don't know, explain it. Because I love the concept of Lighthearts. It's such a... It, it, I love Lighthearts. Um, so I, I create that along with Tal Manier and Evan Tess Murray. And it is about... Uh, my character, Janine, opens a queer community space called Prism. and um, Which is based on a real place in Maine called Candies, by the way, which is pretty cool. Um, Ooh. It's somewhere that um, Evan frequents. Um... And she's, you know, she's struggling because the place is, well, haunted and uh, <laughs> causing her sh- some trouble in the beginning. Uh, she makes friends with Evan's character, Ryan, who is a- an astronomy professor who happens to be able to see ghosts and communicate to some degree with them. Um, yeah. But don't call her a psychic. She doesn't like that. Uh, and then uh, Kale, who is played by Tal. Uh, shows up and becomes kind of the resident artist and helps with uh, marketing and things like that. So the three of them become really good friends and kind of help keep the place going. And we have some funny situations with our guests. Uh, it's it's a yeah. very sweet sitcom. <laughs> and that's what I love about it is like because Evan pitched it to me and they, they were, he, he was just like, OK, so each episode, the guest basically kind of commands what it's about. And that's the moment I went, oh, that's sick, because not only is it just it's not only just this fun little sitcom, but it also kind of becomes a nice way to feature other queer creators in the space is just to bring them in. Yeah, it's been really good because we get input from our guests, like what we have on our server. We're like, what kind of thing would you like to do? What would interest what story would interest you um, as far as like, what would you want to tell? And um, yeah, and that's I really like that method. It's it's a really nice because it fits the show so well, like with what we want to do with it, with highlighting other queer creators and uh, kind of creating our own little queer community space uh, via Mm -hmm. the show. yeah, it, it's very collaborative. Evan is a very collaborative creator. Tal is as well. I really enjoy it. Um, so the three of us together, it's just it. It that was very much what we wanted to do. Yeah, and it's a like I remember the first one I listened to was the one you guys did with Sawyer, and 
Sawyer is one of my favorite creators online. Like, I mostly know them through their TikToks. Yes. Oh, my God. He's so... Not, ugh, uh, he's the sweet... He, well, he's... I mean, he's my kid, so, like, I could talk about him forever. Um. <laughs> okay, so wait. I can't then bring up my low-key crush on Sawyer, then, because it's your child. You're allowed... No, everyone has a crush on him. You're allowed. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we hear it all the time. Evan and I are just sitting there like, oh, our kid posted another thirst trap. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We're so used to it. Yeah. All right, so you do that one. Then you voice act on this um this planet needs a name. Yes, I play Zahara. Now, are you are, are you involved with the creation of that or Um we kind of all are a little bit in the sense that like Evan makes the show and writes the show, but it it goes back to that collaboration like we helped create our characters from the bottom up. Um mm-hmm. and there is occasionally like Evan will sometimes poke us and just be like, "Hey, uh what do you think about this for your character? What do you think about this for the scene? And and so we do, there is a little bit of input in that way. Um, so like, yes and no. <laughs> uh, I don't like help make it, but there we do, Evan works very, very closely with us. Yeah, I think season two of Deviant, I'm definitely going to move more towards a collaborative mindset, but also because the cast is going to grow beyond just three people. But season one was very much just like me yelling at my friend, you're an asexual purple alien, deal with it. Okay. <laughs> that's Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that can also be really fun, but <laughs> yeah. that's a little bit uh, uh, Ghost Detectives vibe. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh wow, you're just giving me segues up and down. I, we got I, I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> okay, Ghost Detectives, Hughes and Minx. Yes, Hughes and Minx, Ghost Detectives. Uh, started as a joke. Um, we, uh, Sips and I are in the Quid Pro Euro Discord together. We've been in there for like a year, and I don't remember how it actually came up, but I, I said something like, or like they said, Hughes and Minx. And I said, "Yeah, that sounds like a detective agency." Somehow, it became a joke, a running joke about having a ghost detective agency, and then it became a podcast. <laughs> As somebody who's currently rewriting all of Harry Potter off a joke he made on Twitter once, <laughs> I understand. I understand that feeling. It's so funny because we 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 were like, "Oh, we're just going to do this silly show for you know, just 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 for fun," and then. Uh, we sat down one day and we plotted out three seasons. Right? It becomes real so fast once you make it a, a real thing. Yeah, we were like, oh, we are actually doing a thing here. <laughs> um, and it's fun because we just we're literally playing like alternate universe versions of ourselves. I love that. I love doing that. It's I so love much playing fun. alternate reality. Yeah. And we kind of our whole thing with that show is like really no rules. We don't really have any like rules for how ghosts work. Um, we just kind of do something different each time. Um like the first time we had it, the first episode had a pretty classic haunting where there's a ghost who has the, uh, you know, is like flinging stuff around the room and it's all, you know, very haunted objects. And then the second one, uh, you know, the ghost was literally uh, a podcasting ghost uh, talking through the speakers. So, like, <laughs> we do we kind of mix it up. It's fun. I Yeah, I love making up rules for like the creatures that people traditionally know like one of my favorite quotes and i hate this because it comes from a very problematic individual but the quote is um and he was talking to his dad and his dad goes how do you kill a vampire and he goes 
stake through the heart, garlic, sunlight. And he goes, no, you can kill a vampire however the fuck you want because they're not real. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I was like, I love yeah. That. Yeah, I, that was something that we talked about a little bit where we were like, what are kind of the rules for the ghosts in this universe? And I said, how about we just kind of don't have any? Because there's so much in the actual real world that is kind of unexplained. That yeah, yeah. Ghosts of all things really don't need a lot of rules. Um, <laughs> we have some rules for like light hearts, but ghost detectives is slightly to the left of reality. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the moment I pitched, "Can I wrestle a ghost?" is the moment in the light hearts <laughs> chat is when I said, "I don't know if I know the rules, but I'm going to see how far I can push the rules." <laughs> is can I wrestle a ghost? Honestly, you could probably re- you could wrestle a ghost on ghost detectives for sure. Okay, cool. Bring me in there. Or I could just be a wrestling ghost on <laughs> Ghost Detective. Shit, that would be really funny. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna yell like, Sophs, take notes! Um, that is a st- Okay, we're writing that down for sure. <laughs> yes! Yes! yes. <laughs> See, you're, you have the same sort of mindset that I do, which is just like, I have an idea for a podcast. It's happening. Like, within a week, it's happening. I literally wrote one yesterday, and I have, (laughs) like, a new show. (laughs) Just a new one. Just, like... I have no self-control, Scotty. I have no self-control. I I can't... I can't chill. It's... I think it's because I went a really long time not really doing anything creative for myself. I went, like, eight years without really making anything, and then I found audio drama, and now I'm just, like... Make everything because I'm making up for lost time. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you you were a stage actor, weren't you? Yeah, I started in stage. I started um, in theater when I was about five. So I've been doing that forever, and um, I direct uh, children's musicals. So stage is very much where I started and and where my roots are. And uh, after my son was born, it was just so hard to find time to do that it was um because you know when you have a baby it's like what wh- what even is time what is time what is this guy i mean you know um it's like <laughs> i wish i could act but like i can't leave the house so if only there was a way i could <laughs> act in like right. one room of my house to a microphone oh yeah yeah and so and i didn't i didn't come across you know i wasn't i'm about to come up on my one year podcast anniversary pretty soon next month and which is so exciting um but yeah i as soon as i got involved i was like oh i can do this thing that i love and it's not um i'm not stuck in a specific room for a specific amount of time that is not in my home you know what i mean like i I, i'm not going to the theater for exactly three hours to rehearse i'm not um yeah yeah, I don't I don't have a call time really. Um I mean there are things that you schedule, but it's so much more flexible. And that's very appealing. <laughs> and it's also like I don't have to and I get I don't I only had this experience once, but it's like I don't have to also go to the gym to get ready for a role. Cause I was in Sonya I was in Sonya Vanya Masha and Spike. Ooh. And I was Spike. Ooh. So I was I was the jacked individual. <laughs> so I had to like the, everyone else would be doing like trust circle and like exercises before that. Meanwhile, I'd be off in the corner just doing rapid fire push ups. Like, gotta look good for the role. <laughs> yeah, I've I um I have I had to kind of condition. I I did 
of all things, this is not like that. This isn't like I had to get jacked for it, but I had to be in really good condition. Um, I did The Sound of Music and I played Maria. And it turns out she never freaking stops moving, singing or jumping on furniture. And um, and anytime I was backstage, I was changing costumes and running to get to my next entrance. So it was it was and it's a, not a short show. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was nonstop movement pretty much from the time I got into the theater to the time I left. And so it's like pretty much like four hours of me just go, 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 go. And I was like, I am not going to make it because the the amount of cardio that was requiring. Um, And I told the choreographer at one point because she wanted to do that goat herd song like three times faster than I learned it. Oh, no. Uh huh. I was like, I can't yodel that fast. That's just like not a thing I can physically do. And she goes, you'll be fine. You'll you'll be conditioned for it. And I was like, OK, I guess I'm going to be doing some more miles this week. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I would go to the gym and I would I would run as long as I could without stopping, just trying to condition myself to get used to be able to run around on stage like that <laughs> and like jumping over couches and stuff. Oh, my God. It was it was endless. I think the, the- <laughs> The worst one I ever had was, as far as, like, conditioning, and I was not conditioned for this at all, was I was in The Music Man, and during during Shapoopy, Mm -hmm. which is the funniest song to say the name of. so funny. I I had to lift up a a woman who was 10 years older than me, lift her up onto my shoulder and hold her. Keep in mind... I was like a 16-year-old chubby kid who had never done exercise a day in his life. So there there was fear every night of, (laughs) I'm going to drop. Keep in mind, this is also the same show that, you know, you know, it starts with like the train, right? That clips. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Well, the train one day, we kept it in the rafters. One day the train fell (gasps) onto a 65 a 65 year old man a man got hit by a train in our production of the music man (laughs) and they then said yeah he's he's out of action we're just gonna have to do all of his lines during the scene so i hope you guys know them he ended up okay like it's not it's like he died like i think he got back after a week but (laughs) oh my god Man got hit by a train, and yet the still the most stressful part was I got to yeet a woman up onto my shoulder. That I swear that opening song of um, Music Man is like it's so hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's so hard. And luckily, I I was an amateur rapper, and I was like, yeah, I got this. (laughs) Anytime you can do like a patter song or a very clippy quippy song it's always exciting but it's also oh, those like, are my favorite that that's why i love hamilton so much because that's all most of them are i'm like i can't get cast in i love them but it's hard because I have, I have a stutter <laughs> so it's like <laughs> oh no yeah yeah that's a fun fact about me like that i, I don't think a lot of times you won't hear it but well, although evan works it into this planet needs a name every now and then um because it is just something that I, I have and do. And I remember I have edited out so much stuttering when I've sent in lines to people. Um, but we'll do I'll do a rehearsal or something. And uh, like I did a rehearsal for um, Kalila Stormfire, which I had auditioned for. And of course, they heard 
what that sounded like. And then we got in to do this rehearsal and I stuttered so many times. I was like, Lisa, I'm so sorry. I promise it will not sound like that when I send you the lines. <laughs> all, all I can mentally picture now, because unfortunately, and I know you probably don't like this having a stutter, but my first person that comes in my head when I think of a stutter is Porky Pig. And now I'm imagining... <laughs> Porky Pig playing Aaron Burr in Hamilton, and I can't, I can't stop laughing. How does a bastard or or orphan? Oh well, I mean that is kind of how I sound sometimes when I get going. So it's like you're not wrong. Um, Oh God, Evan got me really good one. Uh, There was some line I don't remember which one it was, but I mean they'll tell you most of my outtakes are just me going. Um, because I'll tr- I'll try to say a word and it just doesn't want to go, um, but I yeah it's it's something I've kind of embraced now a little bit and I don't hide it as much and I figure you know human beings even people who don't have a stutter um, he, he, human beings still stutter so there I go um, I'm not gonna lie I got really I got real excited when I heard it happen I was like <gasps> they're doing it they're doing it <laughs> I do, once I once I like start. Uh, talking about it and i get kind of um uh conscious of it then i'm like oh oh no it's gonna happen more (laughs) um (laughs) i've trained myself in ways to kind of get around it i've come up with ways to sort of like teach myself to stop when i feel it coming and take a second and then say the word but when i get really excited and then if if i like draw attention to it then it comes so much harder (laughs) and i just i'm like um yeah it's a mess (laughs) There's so many yeah, things see, like, about I, me that should not work for a voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, um, I took like four years of voice classes in college just because like they were very fun because they were the most zen classes of all time because the teacher would just be like, everyone lay down on the floor and just kind of. Oh, my God. Just kind of breathe. What is it with laying on the floor? In, I swear to God, I spent more time laying on the floor uh, in all in my years training <laughs> for acting, I spent so much time laying on the floor and deep breathing. <laughs> yeah. Like, um. Oh no, the weirdest one. And this was an acting class. This was not a voice class. But we kind of formed like it, it was to get past our boundaries because like a lot of people have real big boundaries when it comes to being on stage. Like I don't want to kiss them. I don't want to hug them. The the teacher. I swear to God, shut off the lights. <gasps> and- I know this one. Yes. Is it where they, f- where you made a dude puddle, for lack of a better term, and you just all kind of wallowed on each other? Yeah, well, and there was um, like there's an episode of Slings and Arrows where they do a variation on that, where they um, they get glow in the dark paint and put it on their hands, turn off the lights, and they just start groping each other, and so you see people lighting up with the like handprints of themselves in the dark, and it's like what the hell? But I, I. I told one of my friends to watch that show, and she got back to me. She's like, what is this groping thing? Do you guys actually do that as actors? I was like, a little bit. Um, Yeah, there's so much from, like, because I feel like theater school is literally just, like, 10% (laughs) actually learning how to act and 90% how to be a normal-ass human being. Like, that's what I felt like it was. Yeah, (laughs) you're not wrong. But yeah, the best part about that acting class or the the voice class is the teacher would consistently look at me and say, "You've got a great voice. You need to do audiobooks or you need to do Aww. voiceover." And me, me well, no, me being an egotistical asshole, I said, "No. 
people deserve to see my face. How dare you try to take this beautiful bit? And I was also working out a lot at the time. And I'm like, do you see what I'm sculpting here? And you're wanting to relegate me to voice acting? Cut to (laughs) like four years later. I've mostly been told that I don't have a voice that people would want to listen to. Um, so I, <laughs> I was like pretty much because uh, I've always been interested in voice acting. I'd always wanted to do it ever since I was little. And I expressed that a few times. And I was always kind of told like, mm, I don't think you really have the voice for that. And I was like, suck it. Look at me now. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like every... Every, I guess, like, you would identify as, like, AFAB, right? AFAB non-binary? Yeah. yeah. I feel like everybody in that field is going to get someone being like, your voice sucks. Don't play. Your voice is annoying. It happens to to everyone. It does not matter. Like, my voice is objectively weird. And (laughs) yet, like, people are like, you need to do voice acting. And yet, you, with a beautiful voice, they're like, (laughs) no. Don't you dare do this. Yeah, I was told that it was shrill, of course. I was told that it was nasal. I was told that I'm too loud. I'm too... um, I feel like everyone has that experience. Everyone. Everyone. And, and, well, and what's... The the thing, too, that's funny, though, I took it to heart so much. um, And when I first started auditioning for things, I did, exclusively did, what is now... I now call this a Hava voice. because it's the only character I use it for, <laughs> which like I would lo- I, you know, I lowered the voice and slowed it down and did this kind of deeper, calmer kind of Ooh. voice, which is so Ooh. different from how I really t- I know. Ooh. Right. I know. Right. Um, <laughs> I've had a lot of people go like. That sounded a little seductive. I was like, well, it wasn't not supposed to be. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I, I was. It's your it's your uh, Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is your Rosa voice. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because because when the first time like Evan and I got on the phone uh, to talk for something, it only ever heard me as Zaba, and I answered the phone like, "Hi," oh, no. and they were like, "Whoa, wait, what?" See, that's why that's why I loved uh, my voice teacher so much because for all of the uh, the the females in the class, yeah, she would be like, "Stop, stop what you're doing." They're like. What do you mean? What have I done that's wrong? What am I doing? Quit talking. That's not your voice. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. And I even when I was in college, I I studied theater for the first year of college. And then I was like, I'm not really getting anything out of this that I didn't get in the last 12 years of studying theater. Um, So I switched out eventually and I became a literature major. But um, in the first year of it, I did get a lot of like, oh, you need to make your voice lower because people won't take you seriously and you sound like a little girl. I was like, I really don't, though. I don't think I sound like a little girl. But even if I did, like, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) There's there's a place for that voice. Um, But, you know, when you're 18 and uh, extremely anxious and you're being also told that you need to lose 50 pounds in order to play any kind of believable romantic lead. um, Oh, if you want to play an ingenue, you can't you can't look like that and i was like the hell (laughs) fuck you (laughs) fuck you yeah i actually had someone uh, because i'm you know i mentioned sound of music someone actually came up to me after the show at one point and said yeah you did such a great job and you know even though you're not like this skinny little tiny thing you were really believed yeah like they went there i was like thanks it was the most backhanded compliment (laughs) like wow i'm glad you could see past my almost aggressively average sized body um 
to <laughs> I am like medium in every conceivable way. Um but God used exclusively middle sliders medium. while making yes. your body. <laughs> yes. It's true. It's completely true. Um, but it was just funny. I was like, it shows what a warped perception we have of, first of all, like actual sizes. You know what I mean? Because like, I'm not, I'm not big. I'm really not. I'm pretty tiny. But for someone to look at me and be like, oh, she, you know, oh, she's huge. You know, I was like, I'm not. <laughs> like Maria was so big. I, um, I'm not. You're just used to the only acceptable body form playing Maria as. Yeah. Teeny. Teeny, teeny, See, the... the, I dealt with this bullshit in high school, and it was because I was... And it'll sound egotistical, but I don't care. I was the only actor we really had in theater. I I was the actor. And our, our fall play was Valjean, which is literally the opening of Les Mis. It is Les Mis up until Valjean steals the dishes and runs away, and then it ends, which to me is, like, real fucking weird to do that. It is weird. That's an odd choice. I was like, like, I'm the actor. I will be Jean Valjean. No, instead, someone who, I swear to God, had not been in a single theatrical production up until that point played Valjean, and I had to play the priest of course and there were the the play was done terribly i'm just gonna let because it was high school theater and there was a there was a point where the play seemed like it ended because it should have ended because like my character does a (laughs) monologue and at that point the audience starts applauding because they think it's over and i remember looking (laughs) out and being like you know what the teacher deserves this and then i literally did the (laughs) subtle like you guys can keep clapping. Come on. I did that with my hand. Like, keep going, guys. Keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. I had I had that experience, too. Um, it was my senior year, and uh, Guys and Dolls was the show. And I like everyone was like, oh, Caroline's going to play Sarah. That's just like who they're going to play, because that's it just kind of like made sense. And not saying that like no one else could have played the role, but it just I don't know. It, it made sense with who we had and the fact that i was a senior because you know that's how that works in high school um and i had sort of more or less been told to expect to be cast as sarah by the teacher um he pretty much straight up said like oh yeah i would i I would definitely cast you for sarah that's who i'm looking at you know for you so i was like okay and of course i i didn't like go in there expecting it um but you know i did my best audition i was very proud of myself and uh someone else got the part and she was good she was very very good but it was frustrating because she was a sophomore and hadn't really done a ton of theater uh and i was just like damn i really and and i i don't want to sound like i'm insulting her but my, but she struggled a lot with some of the songs because they were too high for her she's a beautiful voice but it wasn't in the right range for her whereas i'm a soprano and I have no trouble with that. And I was like, I was kind of worried that it was going to hurt her voice. Um, and it was just, it was I that love thing. How, I, was like, I love how nice you're trying to be right now. Because for me, I was like, nah, fuck. <laughs> I was like, nah, fuck that guy. He took my role. You're like, well, <laughs> nice voice. <laughs> she was good. It was just, it was that thing where I was like, I should have gotten that part for a few reasons, and I didn't. And I, I, 
overheard back because back then I could overhear things. <laughs> that was back in the day. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at that. No, you should. It's a joke. You're you're allowed. Um, I make fun of myself all the time for my hearing. Um, but yeah, I overheard uh, some people talking and they were just like, well, you know, Caroline couldn't get the part because they're too short. Because the guy playing Sky was like head and shoulders taller than me. Like that would have looked weird. So I played the the general from the uh, the mission, which was fun. But I was just like, well, this is so the polar opposite of what I was hoping for. <laughs> I mean, like, that's uh, honestly the most vindication I ever felt was when I got to play Spike. Yeah. Because I was like, I worked for five years to lose all this weight and grab a body. You bet I'm about to strip down on this stage. Oh, my God. Absolutely. You bet I'm about to do this. <laughs> I've done I've done scenes where I was wearing or not wearing um, things that were pretty revealing. Um, and I remember being so nervous about it. And then. I got into costume and sometimes got out of costume and I would look and I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, not bad because uh, I'd worked so hard and I'd just like gotten healthy and was taking care of myself. And I was like, oh, I actually don't hate looking at myself. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm I'm having to get back to that state now is getting back to a state of like, you know what? No, broad shoulders. This works. I'm down with this. And it's so funny because now I'm really not like I'm not so focused on how I look at all. I really don't think about it very much. Um, but that is new. <laughs> You'd think being a podcaster whose entire gig is my voice, I wouldn't be f- like that much body <laughs> focus. But also, you got to remember, I watch wrestling on the week and I'm on the reg and I'm like, boy, I don't look like none of these fellas. <laughs> well, and like with me, I think it's, it's, I spent my whole life up until like a couple months ago. Um, as you know a a woman who has to look a certain way because society um and it's something i struggled with my whole life was like accepting this vessel i'm in um and i've made progress in that i can i'm focused more on how i feel than how i look which is huge and i think i think kind of uh going ahead and slapping on that good old nb label was very helpful there um <laughs> That was something I was. Like, so, oh, that is a mood. That is a mood. I believe. Yeah. Oh, since starting, I walked into quarantine. One thing I am walking out something very different, um, <laughs> and it's great because <laughs> a lot of yeah, hang-ups we're the same been, person. We are. <laughs> a lot of those hangups just kind of like melted away almost instantly. I was like, oh, it's kind. You just kind of get this like sense of peace when you figure out something about yourself, no matter what it is. Um, like for me, like figuring out that podcasting is what I really want to do and focus on creatively speaking, I all of a sudden felt very charged and excited and 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 um ready to 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 really play with it. Um whereas I, I I was trying to be a playwright for forever and it's something I still like, but I could never quite make it work and I was always very discouraged and I like almost never finished anything. So then as soon as I figured out, oh, this is what I'm good at, it was like, oh, oh, thank God that I can take that burden off my shoulders and just focus on this thing. And it's the same thing with identity stuff. Yeah. Now, did you uh, this is going to I'm I'm leading somewhere over this, but did you ever get cast in a lead lead role like a main person? Mm hmm. Yeah. A, a couple of times. Not a lot. Um, Like Sound of Music, you know, yeah. Um, I. 
I've done, I mean, I've done a lot of Shakespeare. Uh, so I've played, I've played lead roles in Shakespeare. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I, most of the time that I've done theater, I've been like secondary. Oh, um, I played Irene in Hello, Dolly. That was the other kind of bigger one. Um, yeah, that was a really fun one. I had a fabulous wig for that. Um, but most of the time that I've done theater, I'm playing either like secondary roles or ensemble. There's not really a lot of in-between for me. I'm either like the friend and the secondary kind of principal characters or I'm in the, I'm in the ensemble, which I love. So, <laughs> yeah, see, see, that is probably what because I never, ever played outside of like 10 minute plays. I never played a lead role. And I think that's one of my selfish reasons for loving podcasting is like. You tell me I can be the main the main one here. I can be the main focus. Let's and you fucking just make go. Your own. <laughs> you just make your own and go for it, um, which is something I'm doing a lot of now. I'm, ma- I'm making more things for myself because that was something I wanted to do with theater because I was realizing, again, because just kind of how, you know, huh, society. Um, but I wasn't getting some of these roles that I would have been very good for or I would have been right for because I didn't maybe look the right way or you know any number of reasons but a lot of it did seem to boil down to appearance and uh and also roles that i like i love playing a character you know i love getting to do that like like more character acting with a fun voice and silly stuff like that and i don't get to do that very often in real life because when i do get cast um i'm often playing very sweet very sweet sweet um all the time sweet girly girly girl and getting to kind of (laughs) create roles for myself means that i can say like you know what i want to play an alternate universe version of myself who is a disaster human ghost detective and i can just do it um or like I want to play uh I want to play something that really pushes me emotionally um and and is very grounded in reality which is like what I'm doing with seen and not heard and you know I can give myself those really meaty exciting roles and I can give myself funny silly stuff to do and and I can just put it out there myself and I can write to my strengths and I can play to my strengths and I can I can do those things um and not feel like I have to fit my body into a certain shell in order to do so. It's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's very liberating. I mean, that's me with, uh, and I talked about it a little bit with my interview last week, but that's how I was writing Dane, uh, the main character of Deviant. Cause I was like, cause like I, there is a nice outer layer of Scotty that most people get to see, but there is an asshole dwelling underneath <laughs> And I was like, let me just explore him for a few. Cause like <laughs> I can I can have a grading personality if I want to. And I was like, oh that that's Dane. One of my favorite things someone ever told me is uh it was my freshman year of college and my roommate looked at me and goes, I don't think you know what the word tact means. I don't think that's the kind of person <laughs> you are. And I said, Oh, okay. And so like I I grew to know how to have a little bit of tact when it comes to things, but like that's who that's who Dane is is just this individual who's like has <laughs> no tact, has no patience for anybody. So I think the thing that's that's been really funny for me um, is like over the past year, I'm not afraid to be funny. I wasn't like afraid. I, I was, but I was I was just sort of never like the funny one. I mean, I I was, but I wasn't. 
I was very cautious with how I was funny because I didn't want to because, again, this is the thing where it's like, oh, well, don't be too funny, because if you're too funny, then the men won't want to listen to you and they won't want to work with you and you'll be annoying and blah, 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 Um, which is an actual thing I was once told uh, by a director. That might that might explain why I never got a lead role, because I was always just the funny one. Well, I think it I think, though, it is maybe more. um, That might be pushed so much toward women in particular, too, is like the don't be too smart. Don't be too clever and funny and and good at things because, uh oh, um, which is exhausting. But don't don't be better than the men. (laughs) It's what it boils down to. And that sucks. It does. It completely does. And well, and so like just over the last year or so, I'm I'm so willing to be just ridiculous and to be funny and to kind of like i've kind of realized like wait i actually i'm pretty funny um because <laughs> i never really thought i was i was before i thought i would like make a good joke every now and then but mm-hmm. i write a lot of comedy now and i inject a lot of comedy into even serious things um like again i, I would like seen and not heard has some pretty funny stuff uh even though it's very much not comedy um but there are comedic bits that i was like oh I actually can do this and like maybe I should do more of this because it's it's something I'm really interested in. I, I like I always wanted to do stand up, but I was like, oh, I'm probably not funny enough for that. Can't do that. And then now I'm like, what if I just went full on Maisel and just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like and so getting to explore that side of myself has been really, really great too, because I I don't know. I never really got to play like a comedy role on like a part that was really pure comedy on stage, except for once when I played um, uh, Phoebe in As You Like It. And I just uh, we we played her up. She was fun. Um, ridiculous mm-hmm. wig for that one. See, and that, you know, but that's like it really. Yeah, see, I uh, I always got comedic stuff like one of the last plays I did was uh Oh, I think it's like every Christmas story ever told, which is in the same vein of like the abridged Shakespeare company. And yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I destroyed, I destroyed in that one. <laughs> but I, I honestly, I, I honestly think you have an advantage going into this having not tried to be funny your whole life. Because like I've always found the funniest people are the ones who are not like me trying to make a joke every minute. The funniest <laughs> people are what I call snipers who sit there and wait <laughs> for their moment and when they hit it, they hit it. And I think that's the school that's what you have. And meanwhile with me, <laughs> like I, I remember thinking as I wrote Deviant season one, this is a funny, lighthearted show. It's real goofy <laughs> and silly. And I told, and I think it was uh, Tal I was talking to, and I said, and they had just put up a list on Podchaser of like wholesome comedy podcasts. And I said, Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what? Why isn't Deviant on this? And Tal looked at me and said, You blow up a planet. How can I put you there? It's no. <laughs> well, and it's like. It is funny because I start the the first podcast I ever made was Scary Stories for Modern Minds, which I describe as comedy horror short stories for generations X through Z. That's like my, you know, whatever, whatever they call it, line for it. Um, And I was not sure it was going to work because it was the first time I had I had never really written comedy. Um, I had written 
dramatic things that had some funny moments and had moments of levity. But I had never really written comedy um, at all. And I hadn't really acted much comedy before. And so doing that with all the ridiculous voices I did for it, because, I mean, the narrator, I call my narrator character the inexplicably English narrator. There's no reason for it. <laughs> it just is. Um, <laughs> and but people I have a very like I have like a small, pretty dedicated little audience for that show. And they really like it. And that kind of. Like, there are inside jokes that have spurred from that show. And I was like, oh, people enjoy this? Mm. Something I made that's funny on purpose? Um, and so I'm leaning into that more and more. And I'm, I'm looking at more ways to, to explore comedy and different kinds of it. Um, yeah. I want very much to do, like, I want to do more sitcom stuff because I really enjoy that. Uh, but yeah, it has been interesting uh, kind of finding that side of myself and uh, and realizing that maybe comedy is a strength of mine after all. Um, <laughs> it's pretty fun. Mm. Yeah, because with me, like writing, I, I feel like the problem is when you're a funny and I think it also comes down to like if you look at some of the great comedians and I'm not saying I'm a great comedian of the world. Usually they also have some pretty dark shit they're working oh, yeah. through. Oh, yeah. And so like. I feel like that's what happened with Deviant is like, yes, I did want to bring comedy to it, but also I feel like the comedy led to like the Marvel cinematic. Like also, use. you wanted to blow up a planet. Yeah, well, it led to like the <laughs> MCU version of comedy, which is like the generic one-liners to like make a scene not as dark, but still have darkness going on around it. So like. I I think it's two different kinds of comedy, whereas mine is like, at least in Deviant, is very much just like, okay, that's there, and now I don't feel as unnerved by what just <laughs> happened. Well, there's definitely... But then there's also... Oh, sorry, go ahead. But then there's also, like, your style of comedy, which is very funny and very good, <laughs> and it, it may... It's not to take away from the show's, uh, like, take away from the show's drama, which it is in Deviant, it's supposed to uh, basically make the audience feel better, basically. <laughs> uh, yours is to make the show a funny show. Yeah, well, and like, yeah, because I am very specifically writing comedy that is lower stakes. Um, there's not these, like, yeah. exploding planets and stuff. Um, not yet, anyway. We'll see where I land in a, you know, we'll see what other podcasts I come up with, you know, probably by the end of the fucking Can't day. Can't wait for an episode of Light Hearts where the moon explodes. <laughs> Oh my god, no, there's a crossover. Um but yeah, I I like to the the humor that's in um like I'll, I'll keep talking about Santa not heard cuz that's kind of my main thing right now. Um Oh, yeah, hold on. I was prepping and letting that be the main event. So we can just get into scene and not heard now. Yeah, let's talk about Cuz like you the the first official episode just came out recently, right? Yeah, last Tuesday and the second one is coming out um this upcoming Tuesday. <laughs> So what what is seen and not heard? Uh, so seen and not heard is um, it is based on my own experiences losing my hearing as an adult. Um, I I have my hearing. Last time I got it tested, I, I land somewhere about half of what's considered normal. Um, so is it in is it in both ears or just one ear or it's more in it's a little more in my right. But my left eye, I do have some hearing loss in my left as well. But my right, that's why I'm not even like bothering with the headphone on my right ear <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, 
there's not really any point. Uh, but yeah, I, I am the cause is unknown, which actually is not uncommon. Um, pretty much every deaf, hard of hearing person that I personally know, most of us don't really know why. <laughs> um, Thank you for that existential crisis I'll be going to bed with tonight. Yeah, it's it's good times. We're like I was talking about this. There's a reason that um, within the show, I kind of vaguely allude to my character, Bet, uh, having some kind of illness that caused it. Because when you tell people, oh, I don't know what caused it, then they're suddenly like, well, did you ever get sick? Did you ever get hurt? It's like, no, I, I didn't like forget that I was sick and or, yeah. like i didn't forget something like that um, oh yeah ding dang shark bit off my ear that's what happened <laughs> gosh good thing you're here to just solve that crime um <laughs> the crime of a shark crime. yeah shark crime we now there's a podcast um yes using <laughs> makes shark detectives um there's a shark running wild in the mid-city. He stole a car. We're going after him. We're just going to add him to the rogue gallery. Uh, that'd be fun. Oh, ghost um, shark! Ghost shark. Ah! Oh my god, I'm going to tell Sophs about that, too. Um, okay, so anyway. Uh, but yeah, in, the, in, in Seen and Not Heard, I made it... I gave sort of a reason um, for Bet losing her hearing, but without actually, like, getting into what exactly she was sick with and what it did um because i just didn't want people to focus on like or to think that that was going to be resolved like i didn't want i didn't want the audience like a mysterious reveal yeah i didn't i didn't want people to a think that was coming because it wasn't um or be focused on like what caused it rather than the aftermath of it um and what Mm -hmm. she's dealing with currently um and uh, where was I going? I was going somewhere with the sentence and I just it went right out the window. I'm still thinking about ghost sharks. Um, you you wanted to get rid of the mystery of it, basically, is what it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't. I, 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 I just wanted to be like, yeah, she got sick or something. Anyway, that she got sick. Steph, now let's move on. Um, is that is that exact dialogue? Is that exact dialogue from the show? Yes. Word for word. Yes. <laughs> I mean, kind oh, of. no, dude <laughs> got sick, I guess. Honestly, in the in the fourth prologue, that's kind of what the rabbi says at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rabbi's just like, you got sick, you had a permanent result. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, it's seen and not heard is something I started writing in college, and it's taken on a lot of different forms. It was originally going to be a one-person show, and that didn't quite work. It was a little bitter. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be- I could see how. Yeah, I was not it was it was I was not coming to terms with it in a healthy way. Uh <laughs> and it was more of a vent than trying to actually be a story. And the character yeah. David the character David didn't even exist then. Um and now he's such a central figure in the story. Um it just evolved in a lot of different ways and when I finally found audio drama i was like oh this is how i should do this but at the same time i was like is this how i should do this uh because i truly did not know if it was going to work (laughs) um and when i first got involved i didn't even know if there were other deaf or hard of hearing podcasters or at least not in audio drama i was like i don't even know where to begin to look um i kind of reached out and was given a couple of names of people to talk to 
which includes um, Cassie Josephs and Cole Burkhart, both of whom appear in Seated Not Heard, which is very cool. Um, and they've been just incredible as far as me just going, hi, how do I do this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, but yeah, this show so far has been really well received, which I'm very excited about. And it's starting. We're having some interesting conversations about things like accessibility, inclusion, um, portrayal of disability. Which is what I was hoping for. So I'm very, very, very happy about I, that. I will, I will put a wager on being hard of hearing in the world of exclusive audio. That probably <laughs> yeah. draws some people in. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, 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 there were, there weren't like naysayers, but there were a few people who were kind of going like, so how are you gonna do that? Um, but Tal... Uh, when I brought talent as because I, I originally was going to do the sound design, I do sound design. It's a thing that I do not well, but I do it. Um, and I originally was going to do it myself, but I was I realized I was way in over my head. I was like, I don't know how to portray my own level of deafness. I don't know how to make that happen. And yeah, I, I can't just cut the volume by half. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of what I was sort of trying to do, and I couldn't quite figure it out. And so, but um. When Talmanir came in uh, and saved my ass, um, they when I when they sent me the first pass of the first episode, I was on a walk and I stopped in my tracks and I just started crying while I was listening to it because I was like, that is what it sounds like to be me. That's what that restaurant scene. That is what it sounds like in a restaurant for me. And um, and one of my, my best friends, uh, uh, Kalila, is also hard of hearing. and texted me like okay well so that's exactly what it sounds like for me too and so to have a couple of people say oh this is my experience too this is this is what it feels like to be me i was like oh my god and and people who aren't even deaf but have other disabilities are like oh i've had that conversation with my mom or i've had that experience um in in public spaces and uh oh i've met that guy from the speed dating prologue yeah he sucked uh <laughs> um God, shout out to Graham for being a very, very nice person in real life, but for letting me just turn him into a horrible bastard man for the length of that prologue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> every fun fact, every terrible thing Thomas says in the second prologue is something that has been said either to me or to a friend. Oh, God. Yeah, I didn't. No, make, I didn't make those things up. Those were that was the, I did the least amount of writing for that prologue um, I did for any any of the show because I was just I was contacting a few friends like, hey, do you mind if I use that thing that that terrible person said on Tinder? And they're like, go for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm 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 really I'm really excited with how people are responding. I'm very curious what the response is going to be as the story continues because i know what's coming um yeah <laughs> oh man because like i i'm i'm thinking because now as you're saying that i was like well it'd be fun to do something with my experience and then i realized like that would get way too egotistical real quick <laughs> that'd get real bad i worry like, a lot I, about that with myself i did worry a lot about like is it gonna be so much me <laughs> yeah um which is why it didn't continue to be a show about 
Caroline Minx, it became a show about this Bette Klein character and her family, which is very different from my own. My mother, for the record, nothing like Elaine. I just want to say that. Elaine is not based on my mother. Um, love you, mom. Um, <laughs> um, you know, the the, fa- the structure of her family is different from my own. The way that she relates to her family is different from my own. Um, so I did the I made these changes so that it wasn't just me talking about me. <laughs> yeah. I also just realized, like, my version, like, if it was talking about, like, shit wrong with Scotty, would be unlistenable. Because, like, the first <laughs> time I felt like I see, I saw myself at, at least, like, one of my issues on screen was, uh, ironically, during the first Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movie. Oh. And Ooh. It's, ac- it's actually the exact opposite of, uh, of this problem, because it's not that I can't, it's I hear everything at all times because like i focus on everything so it's like that scene in the restaurant where you see sherlock just trying his best to maintain (laughs) and then he hears a conversation from one side of the room and then another one and then another and then just freaks out that's me and i hate it and it would be unlistenable I cannot imagine that, although that would be interesting. Like, that's the reason I can't go to movies, like, a lot. Like, I love going to movies, but oh. if there if there's anyone near me who's trying to talk, I will hear their conversation whether I want to or not. People will be like, no, just, just keep it out. I'm like, I can't, dog. I can't. I'm gonna <laughs> hear it. Yeah, well, and and that is interesting that we have such completely opposite experiences, because when I go to the movies, I'm sitting there going, huh? <laughs> Um, because you know, the what thing about was the, that? Well, the thing about the movies is that the caption devices are always broken. Um, I don't think I've ever gone and had a functioning one. Uh, and most of my friends who have gone to movies and needed those will tell you the same thing. They're always how broken. Do, how, it's like the it's like the milkshake thing at McDonald's. They're just always fucking broken. Um, it just oh doesn't God. Work. Okay, I thought I thought you were responding to my question. I was about to ask, which is how do they work? And then you responded. Like the milkshake machine at McDonald's, <laughs> and I said, "I don't see how these two connect at all." But yeah, because isn't it? It's like glasses, isn't it? It's like glasses and shows it at the bottom. Yeah, it's like a little stand thing. I mean, there's different. There's different. Dev- I haven't. I haven't bothered to use one in so long. It, the technology could be completely different at this point. <laughs> like I haven't. I just have not bothered. Um, the the, uh, the most the most bizarre thing I have heard that has one of those. Is the theme park ride Fast and the Furious Supercharged at <laughs> Universal, which is my least, it's my mo, it's my favorite ride because it's so bad. It's the room of bad uh, theme park rides. And I just want to go one. We have to go. Please. I love theme parks. <laughs> well, no, so them. you can get the glasses and I can pretend and get the glasses as well. Because I want to live that experience of seeing <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson come out and say, that's a nice gun. Mine's bigger. Wink. Just written at the bottom of these glasses. <laughs> I I truly miss theme parks maybe more than almost anything else, including hugs. Um, I love roller coasters. I'm kind of a freak for roller coasters. So you talk about theme parks just has me like, I want to go. <laughs> so <bad>. Okay. <laughs> we, we can't go hard in this paint, but favorite roller coaster. Oh, my God. I haven't. I. I. I go to Bush Gardens all like every year. Um Okay. Cuz that's close to me. Um Bush Gardens Williamsburg is like an hour away. And uh there's 
a ride there called it, it doesn't even go upside down but it's such a good one it's apollo's chariot it's the one that um that fabio got on and got hit by a goose in the face <laughs> that is a true thing that happened people don't always believe me but if you google fabio apollo's chariot it's graphic i don't think the goose survived so just like be warned but mm-hmm. but luckily uh su- su- sully sullenberger was running the roller coaster <laughs> and they got him back into the bay yeah but i always say that that roller coaster is like i could do an hour of yoga or i could ride that roller coaster i will be equally soothed it's so calming See, with, uh, yeah with me i can't do a roller coaster that doesn't have very good theming like i rode the hulk at universal and i'm like me too i'm just going i'm like i'm both bored and afraid but then i rode like rip ride rocket where i can listen to limp biscuit and i was like <laughs> yeah keep rolling 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 i mean if you're gonna listen to that it needs to be on a roller coaster because it's it's just you need some adrenaline to make you think that it's good my my uh, favorite thing about it is the fact that there's a secret menu of songs for Rip Ride Rocket, and it does feature Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog. Oh, and that's 100% the one I would choose then. <laughs> yeah, but I just, because you know, it it, go, it goes up at a 90 degree angle and then yeah. heats you down. I just imagine going <laughs> up that intensity building and you just hear, why are there so many <laughs> songs about... Uh, but yeah, I went, um, I th- I- <laughs> most obnoxious like theater kid thing. Well, not the most obnoxious. There's a lot of those um, obnoxious theater kid things that I have done. But among them was I went to I went to Bush Gardens with some friends, um, all of whom happened to be in Little Shop of Horrors at the time. I was the only one who was not a cast member. And but I was also the only other one who knew all of the harmonies for the um, the three girls who sing all the uh yeah 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 them i knew i knew all of the harmonies so we were singing in every single line uh all the songs from the show and we just decided we're like what if we sang uh uh the meek shall inherit on the griffin (laughs) (laughs) so we did and so we were harmonizing we were upside down and we were still harmonizing we were very proud of ourselves See, uh, with me, well, firstly, The Mummy's my favorite roller coaster. We'll just get that out of the way. I've got two of the most obnoxious theater things. One was when I was <laughs> with my theater friends, and we were at an award ceremony full of, like, every theater department in the state was there. And we were waiting for the presentation to begin, and I just <laughs> leaned forward. Just a small town girl. <laughs> Living in a lonely world. And then the row in front of me began. The row behind me began. And then by the end of it, whole stadium of nervous children singing it. Yes. But then the other one, I was at a Waffle House with some family friends. Oh, I love Waffle House. It, It came on the Waffle House radio and I literally stood up in my chair. (laughs) <laughs> and began singing it and walking around like it was my own private musical. Oh, and I mean, uh, su- surprisingly did not get kicked out. It's Waffle House. It's really hard to get kicked out of Waffle House. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, we we got to end this soon, but I do want to end it by, by saying... 
I've pulled up my list of podcasts I haven't done yet, and I don't know if you have one. I want to review the dumbest ideas we've had for podcasts. Oh, hang on. I ha- I actually literally have a list. Give me like two seconds. I'll pull it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't. I listen. I am literally the keeper of the list, and not all the ideas are good. Um, or I say that I could make them good. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll begin with one that I actually do like, and it's bookends. And I think I've told you about it, but it's where I watch the pilot and season finale of a show yes! and try no, to I love that. try to figure out what the fuck happened. I want to do it with Game of Thrones because I know I will not have any idea yeah. what happened. Yeah, well, everything I heard about the finale is like, I don't think even the people who watched it knew what the hell happened. (laughs) Yeah. So that could be fun. So I had one idea, which would was um, that I would get my mom uh, to listen to a song from an obscure musical completely out of context and then try to tell me what she thought the play was about <laughs> oh that's good that's very that one, good i thought that one would be fun my mom loves musicals but doesn't always know the most uh the most recent ones are like the more obscure ones and so i'd love to just mess with her head a little with those um uh i've got i've got one called dig it mon and it's a show where two people who don't remember anything about Digimon just look at their character design and try nice. to figure out what the fuck they're about <laughs> because all of them look bad. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I have one that I still I think is needs to happen. We we keep talking about it and we then we keep not doing it. Um, uh, be gay, eat crimes. Uh, what? Where we <laughs> what? would food crimes? We would just. It would just be me and a bunch of queers, and we would just uh, try some food crimes and report back. So it would be like, uh, have you seen, oh god, I think his name's Kalen. Ellen DeGeneres ended up hiring him, but he's the yeah. he's the guy who watches the shitty five-minute <laughs> crafts videos. Yeah, that's pretty much. Honey, no, don't, don't you do that. Put salt and pepper on this. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of well because in um one of the uh servers I'm in there's a because it's every podcast server has to have like a food channel it's the law, um and one of the channels we frequently post food crimes that we find and uh Fox and I were like what if we just podcasted this <laughs> just be gay eat crimes <laughs> I was like that's all of the worst things about podcasting because there would be like eating noises and. We'd be talking about things you cannot see or taste. I'm sorry. I just went to uh, our our private Discord and put in lawfully required food channel as one of our text channels. Excellent. Yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. My uh, last one that I'll do. I guess we could take three apiece. My last one is one that me and good old JV Hampton Van Zandt want to do. And I've tentatively named it Witchchester. And it's a full series review of Supernatural, but it's entirely based upon which Winchester brother is hotter in that specific episode. And we keep a running tally to see which one's hotter. Honestly, I'd listen to that because that is hysterical. (laughs) And you two would be so funny doing that. Um, I think the last, I'm trying to see. uh, No, I can't do that one. That one might actually be a good idea. Um... (laughs) There was one um, uh, audio drama idea that I had that I think might work if I poke it enough, Um, which was uh, it would be a micro uh, because I love microfiction. 
but it would also be a musical. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I say this as someone who does not write songs. Well, that's not true. I've done it before, but I'm not great oh, at no, it. Oh, no, no. I've, <laughs> I've done two musicals and audio fiction before, and both times I just wrote parodies of much more successful and well-written <laughs> songs. Well, because I would want this to be, like, totally sincere, though. Um, but I I don't know. I, I think it could be really fun if I can figure it out. Um, but when you just hear microfiction musical, it's like, mm, that might not work. <laughs> That it's like it sounds like an album. It's what you're telling me you want. Uh, yeah, it does kind of sound like. So you just want to like do songs. <laughs> yeah. No, if I do like a ten minute episode of something, that's a few minutes of plot and a song and a little more plot. I could it could work. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I I did work a song into a micro once, so it's doable. See, I, I do I do eventually want to do a full on like Buffy musical episode for Deviant. Because that's where, like, we had three different singing moments in season one, so I'm like, I gotta do one eventually. We're doing, we when we started This Planet Needs a Name, um, wh- when we got onto the Discord server, when it was just the cast at the time, within 12 hours, we all discovered that we were all theater people, and we uh, bullied Evan into agreeing to do a musical episode. Like, literally, we had just ganged up, and we were, like, yeah. banging pots and pans, like, musical episode! So, I think it's gonna happen. <laughs> yes! <laughs> But I was like, wow, bullying works. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Don't bully people. Bullying is bad. Um, but yeah, we, we, Evan, I don't think realized how many musical theater people were actually in this cast <laughs> or that Sawyer and I knew each other for that matter, which was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, got, the first time I saw Sawyer in a Discord that I was also in, I got very excited. I was like, oh. <gasps> I know them. I know. I, know. Them. I love him. He's amazing. Um, yeah, my my celebrity son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so. It is truly hilarious. Like if I go on TikTok and I look at at, at his channel, I'm just like, I, as your mom, <laughs> I I'm proud of young you, man. But I'm going to scroll real fast. <laughs> I will I will like it and move really quickly. <laughs> Oh, so you posted something. What is it? Opening lines to WAP begins. I'll scroll past this one. I don't think I need to yeah. see this one. So funny. It's I bought it because like one of one of my other friends is uh is very big on TikTok and uh there uh, he's a uh he's he's a cosplayer, not a audio drama person at all. Uh but it's it's Theo Masters and I I did not realize when I met them they were famous. Yeah. But now oh, it's wow. all I taunt them with. It's all I taunt them with. And I'm waiting for the day where one of my friends who does browse TikTok a lot, because I'm bad with it, sends me one of Theo's uh, TikToks just so I can be like, I know them. <laughs> that actually happened. Okay. um, Someone I went to college with who I was like friends with in college has like a really popular account. um, And several people sent me her stuff and I was like, I know her. Wait a minute. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, I've, I've slept over at her house. She slept over at mine. Like, what? It was so funny. Um, it, uh, Kaylin Temple. Um, oh, okay. I have no idea what that is, but yeah, she does. She does all these like, she does a lot of this like transatlantic accent, saying horrible things, and it's wonderful, and it's just very cool. I was like, oh my god, she's great. Um, but it was just really funny. I was like, wait, but you're famous. Cool. 
<laughs> cool. Good for you. Repost. She should be. She should be. Re- repost all my podcasts, please. <laughs> Put them on your Insta. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. That is where the majority of Sammy Magic's listenership comes from is because Theo reposted it once and was like, <laughs> nice. listen. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very useful. Yeah, Sawyer does um, cosplay of his own character from uh, This Planet Needs a Name uh, for Quill. And, and yeah, and that's gotten a lot of love. And it's so cute. I love his Quill. So sweet. Um, I just, I can't wait for, for Sammy Magic to end up there. I'm just oh my saying. God. Yes. Oh, my God. It's the dumb, it's, <laughs> I love that dumb, stupid show so much. I just wrote the ending of, I wrote the end of, uh, see, I guess the end of uh, Sammy Magic and the Big Cool Rock today, and it uh-huh. it goes places. <laughs> that is delightful. I did, uh, <laughs> that, let me say this. I will say this about ghost detectives. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say there does exist a Google Doc in which Soaps and I just shouted at each other for a full afternoon in all caps on that Google Doc as we plotted out the series. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna be fun. Uh, yeah uh, honestly i've reached a point with sammy magic where i'm like man these books really suck i gotta <laughs> just change full plot points at this point like i've reached a point where i'm like book seven is not going to be at all what that horrible person wrote god i uh, ugh. now i'm seeing everybody talk about the video game and i'm like or you could just not play it like yeah there are so many video games. You don't need to play that one. Yeah, my uh, my wife messaged it to me and was like, I've been waiting for this since I was seven. I was like, gross. Cool. And like, I get it. I do get it. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, don't, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, if, if I can guarantee the money ain't going to her, I will buy it. But <laughs> yeah, people are like, just just do a crime. <laughs> yeah, do, do a crime, steal it or all. <laughs> or I saw some people being like, I'm going to donate the exact amount of the game also to a trans charity. And I'm like, I don't know. Don't, uh, no. that Well, um, Evan Evan actually uh, responded. Someone said, okay, this is not a carbon footprint uh, footprint offset. Like, it doesn't work that yeah. way. It's like, yeah, that's exactly the way. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking, but didn't have the language for it. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make a real shitty Flash game and be like, no, this is what you guys need to play. There you go. Oh, like, like, uh, you know, there is a, uh, the room flash game. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I love it. It's very good. I was thinking like that, <laughs> but oh <Harry> yeah. Potter. <laughs> Damn, Sammy magic. Thank you very much. The boy, the boy, what done survived. <laughs> All right. Where can, where can people find you on the internet, Caro? Cause I'm sure there are multiple places. <laughs> Yeah, um, I am mostly on Twitter, and my handle is at Saucy Minx, which is M-I-N-C-K-S. Um, it's the best! It's so good! I, I want to have a line of pasta sauces so bad called Saucy <laughs> Minx. Like, I just want that to be my career someday. Uh, that that will be how I support myself uh, when I can finally just podcast full-time. Um, and in my bio, though, you'll find links to pretty much all of my shows. Um not the not the other 16 that I haven't announced yet but you know most of the ones that I'm on. <laughs> yeah, you you're you're like me when someone's like, "Hey, where can they find all your shows?" It's just 
Man, go on fuck. my Twitter. D- just don't. Just don't. Stop it. Do, yeah. Like, do yourself a favor. If you try to find all of my shows and listen to all of them, it's going to take a little while. <laughs> Shifts yeah. won't. Shifts is short. Yeah. Like, you'll be here for a while. <laughs> I've got a few others coming, too. So people keep... There's a reason people yell at me to take a nap a lot. Um... <laughs> I, that needs to be official merch. Like I'm contemplating making podcaster merch, and that would be the first <laughs> official Caro shirt. Is take a nap, Caro. Take a nap, Caro. <laughs> Caro, stop making podcasts. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S C O T T Y E M O. I'm literally the worst because one day I'll just like be like, "Hey guys, the latest episode of this is up," and then two minutes later, like. Y'all ever try Mountain Dew Zero? It's just as good. <laughs> uh, you can find me there, and you can find all the podcasts at a load of Remember to send all your deviant questions to me on my Twitter account. If you send it to WSM Deviant, there's a good chance I will ignore it because I'm terrible with managing the deviant account. <laughs> but send all that there. We love you madly. If you got questions, ask them. And as always, stay deviant. <laughs>